<laughs> you ever thought about making him your walkout song? Uh, I, I was going to change my walkout song. I actually changed for one match during the Minnesota last year, but yeah, I didn't mess very good, and I go, oh, I'm just taking an ice ice baby. Here, I didn't even notice. What'd you change yeah. it to? Here comes the hot step who uh, <laughs> told me to. You know, I never listen to that guy. <laughs> he was leading the wrong direction. Number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a cam bus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I'm going I'm to put a plug in because we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telfer, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Love a good joke from Max Mirren, Iowa's 60-year senior 149-pounder. Had a good conversation with him earlier this week, and we'll circle back to that in the first part of today's show. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I'm glad you're here. Happy Thursday, January 12th. A little bit of a lighter show today, very interview heavy. We'll circle through Iowa, Iowa State, and Northern Iowa today. Got some thoughts ahead of their dual meets for this coming weekend. Hawkeyes host Northwestern in Iowa City Friday night. Panthers will wrestle at Utah Valley also on Friday night. And then on Saturday night, late, late Saturday night, Cyclones will also wrestle Utah Valley. Weird setup for the state's two Big 12 programs. Um, Literally flying out to Mountain Zone time for a single duel, but hey. It is what it is. We're going to start today's show in Iowa City. Hawkeyes now 9-0 after beating Illinois and Purdue last weekend in their first two Big Ten duels of the season. And now they get a red-hot Northwestern squad who, on paper, not unreasonable to think that they could walk into Carver on Friday night and win the duel based solely on the probable lineups that we got earlier this week. I've got Iowa favored in six of ten weights, um, but the weights that Northwestern is favored in Real shot at scoring some bonus points there, which makes this duel all the more interesting. There's also a case to be made that maybe a couple of the weights that I was favored in probably call them swing matches, looking specifically at 149, where our buddy Max Murin's going to wrestle Yaya Thomas. They always wrestle close. I know Murin's gotten the better of them the last couple times they've competed. Um, also, I'm really intrigued by Tony Cassiope, Lucas Davison at heavyweight. Really liked uh, the way Davison has been wrestling lately, and he looked great against Mason Paris in the CKLV finals last month. Uh, so we'll see there. Another thing to keep in mind, 165, Iowa listed both Patrick Kennedy and Aiden Riggins. PK goes, safe expectation, Iowa could probably get a major there. If Riggins goes, call that one a toss-up, man. Um, just one of those things where I got to see it a little bit more from Riggins before I fully believe what he's got um, at the collegiate level. A little bit of a slow start to his uh, true freshman campaign. But, hey, he looked really good against Purdue over the weekend. Um, but, hey, Northwestern's got Max Mayfield on the other side of the mat, top 25 guy. Has been wrestling pretty well lately, so we'll see what happens. Um, those are kind of the quick riffs. Um, dive into it a little bit more detail before we get to the interviews. That duel, again, Iowa-Northwestern, Friday night, 8 p.m. Central Start Time. Going to be on ESPNU, which is exciting because that means uh, Perry native Sean Kenny, um, recent NWMA Award winner, broadcaster of the year, as well as Rock Harrison, going to be on the call. Excited to see them in Iowa City on Friday. Got a couple of interviews coming up with Iowa coach Tom Brands and Iowa wrestler Max Murin. But first, a couple of thoughts regarding this particular dual meet and the way Max Murin has been wrestling this season. Dual meet is number 300 inside Carver Hawkeye Arena, which is a pretty cool milestone. Carver opened 40 years ago this month. First athletic event held there was naturally a wrestling dual meet. Iowa punked Oklahoma that night, January 3rd, 1983. Um, I say naturally um, because it has since grown into one of the most iconic wrestling venues in the country, Carver Hawkeye Arena has. But most of you diehard Iowa fans would know that Carver actually wasn't built to be this wrestling mecca that it grew into. The history here is actually kind of funny. Um, As much as Carver has been well known for wrestling, the original idea behind its construction was to help the basketball program. Um... Some of you diehard Iowa fans, again, you might recall 1978-79, Coach Lute Olson's fifth season in Iowa City. The Iowa men's basketball team won 20 games and reached the NCAA tournament for the first time in nearly a decade. But rumors swirled that season that Olson was on his way to USC at the end of the year. Back then, basketball games and wrestling meets were held in the field house. Um, the idea of Carver was first discussed, I believe, at the end of that season, which maybe helped Olsen stay committed for a few more years, right? Or at least that was kind of the um, 
you know, the conversation that was going around at that point in time, Iowa Board of Regents unanimously approved a $24 million project to construct a 15,000 seat arena on the northwest edge of campus. Money flowed in, uh, including a $1 million donation from one Roy J. Carver. Fans actually called the arena the house that Loot built. Um, Broke ground in 1980. Um, They wanted to have it completed by the start of the 82-83 basketball season. That date was pushed back not once but twice. Um, So they actually had to, both the wrestling and basketball programs, actually had to start the season in the field house. And here's a funny little note. Ironically, Iowa men's basketball team, their last game in the field house, they beat USC 66-55. Iowa wrestlers, meanwhile, at the time, they uh, had won five of what would become nine consecutive NCAA team titles under Gable. Back then and even today, Gable didn't think too much about being the first Iowa team to compete in Carver. He had other ideas on his mind. Um, chief among them was that their last duel at the Fieldhouse was actually a 27-23 loss to Oklahoma State. They had battled back from an early deficit, um, and then 400-pound Mitch Shelton actually pinned Lou Bannock in the first period, sealed a Cowboy victory. Um, so didn't really think too much at the time about what it meant to open Carver-Hawkeye Arena, uh, but it was really cool, right? 8,000 fans showed up. Um, they pounded Oklahoma that night, won 8 of 10 matches. Um you know, parking, I guess, was a mess. I guess there were also birds that flew around at the top of the Carver Bowl. Um, and then if you ask Tom Brands what he remembers, he watched that first duel on Iowa Public Television. Um, there was like dust on the floor because they were still, there was a lot of things that they were still trying to finish with the construction of Carver, but generally the building was ready to go and host events. So guys would get slammed on the mat and dust would rise in the air kind of like fog. Um, so, you know, I, and when I say that there were still things that Carver was trying to figure out, like the locker rooms were not done when that first wrestling duel took place. Um, a lot of the various training facilities that were around Carver at that time, um, not quite completed yet. But the building itself, structurally ready to go and host events. And so wrestling was the first one out on that January 3rd. A couple days later, men's basketball team believe it was a sold-out game. Um think they played one of the Michigans that night, if I remember correctly. But, hey, that wrestling duel 40 years ago this month, um, Tim Riley was the first winner, 18-2 over David Rinda, 118 pounds, back when that was the smallest collegiate weight. Um, yeah, and I mean, things just kind of took off from there, right? Tom Brands has called uh, Carver the, the, the house that Gable built. Um, you know, it's uh, Carver over the years hosted Big Ten Wrestling Championships, NCAA Wrestling Championships, hosted the Olympic Trials in 1984, 2012, and 2016, played host to United World Wrestling's Men's Freestyle World Cup. Um, you know, it's uh, Iowa fans have led the nation in wrestling attendance um, each of the last 17 years. Um you know, and I think 19 of the last 20, if I remember correctly, or at least how, you know, vast majority of, you know, the years that uh, they've been tracking wrestling attendance, Iowa has been at the top, um, you know, and then each of the last two seasons, Iowa fans have sold out season tickets, you know, last year, it was, uh, you know, a team that was returning everybody off of a national championship performance. And then this year, um, another exciting Hawkeye team is, is on the mat, maybe not with the regularity that fans would like, but still a very, very high-powered team. Um, so, yeah, ton of history there. Um, think that's kind of cool. Iowa all-time, um, two, let me find these numbers. This is great podcasting. 273-26 all-time at Carver-Hawkeye Arena under Iowa coach Tom Brands, the 127-11. and um, And they're actually 25-1 at Carver since the 2018-19 season, so very successful um performances in Carver the last few years from the Hawkeyes um, was able to talk to Iowa coach former Iowa coach Dan Gable earlier this week he was really funny guys I, I, I wish the audio would have worked a little bit better so that I could lay it down here on this podcast but he uh I asked him about it you know hey like duel on Friday's number 300 at Carver like you were the coach when when they opened the doors what do you remember and um you know he uh, all those wins at Carver Hawkeye Arena and he remembers the one loss that he took um, at Carver Hawkeye Arena, Dan Gable is as the Iowa coach, ninety-seven and one record at Carver Hawkeye Arena. That one loss, nineteen to eighteen to Penn State on February sixth, nineteen eighty-eight. So yeah, they what Ken Chertow had a major decision. Rob Malloy had a pin, and crucially, Andy Voigt's come from behind, eight to seven win over Brooks Simpson, and under ninety pounds sealed the deal for the Nittany Lions. Um, 
kind of funny to to read that back now because I know, you know, Brooke Simpson has one of the most iconic individual victories at Carver Hawkeye Arena when he pinned Eric Volker, returning national champ for Iowa State, um, kept the streak alive. So a lot of really fun memories, a lot of really cool moments that have occurred in Carver. Um, we got to talk to Tom about that, got to ask Max Mirren about that, just you know, what do you remember about the beginning? When did you, you know, learn about Carver and the atmosphere and, and what's it been like competing? You know, Tom Brands as a competitor, 31-0 and all time inside Carver, um, includes his five victories at the 91 NCAA championships, which were held at Carver. Him and the late great Mark Ryland both won individual titles that year as Iowa ran away with the team championship. Lots of really cool stuff. 300 duels at Carver Hawkeye Arena, uh, an arena built for basketball, but has become an absolute, um, you know, iconic wrestling home venue. Pretty cool deal there. Um, the other thing I wanted to chat about uh, before we get to the interviews, you're going to hear from Max Murin. You actually have already partially heard from him, um, but you're going to hear from him again. Um, dude's been having a sensational sixth-year uh, campaign here for the Hawkeyes. Um, you can hear me flipping through the papers, pulling up um, his stats. 12-1 and one already this year um, has recorded just – an insane amount of bonus points, right? Three pins, four tech falls, two major decisions. So that is, you know, in 13 matches, 12 of them victories, nine of them with bonus points. Um, you do the math real quick and you realize that is, I mean, he's he had four bonus point wins all of last year. He had one the year before that. He had six the year before that. He had seven the year before that. So already just over the halfway mark of the season, Max Mirren is just lighting it up. Now, part of that is because, yes, um, not a ton of the strongest competition, I think, to start the year, right? He's been beating up on guys that, um, you know, may or may not be, you know, at his caliber, may not be, you know, making it to day two at the NCAA championships, for example. But that's kind of what you expect from a guy who's currently ranked fifth in the country, a guy who's been to the NCAA blood round the last three times he's been in that tournament. And, you know, a guy I think that Iowa fully expects to be on the podium this year if they want to do what they want to do team-wise. So, um we got to talk to him about that, talk to him about, um, you know, the decision to come back, right? Um, I don't know that with Max it was a full full guarantee that he was going to take advantage of the extra year provided to him by the NCAA because of COVID-19, um, you know, but I, I we kind of asked him, and, I you know, I was the one that even asked the question. It's it's, it's a weird thing to ask, right, is, is you know, not becoming an All-American last year. How much did that push you to, to return? Um, you know, and he was honest. He was just like, yeah, like I, I still had things that I wanted to do. And, um, you know, and he's really just he's wrestling really, really well this season, um, you know, and he's got a big match coming up against Yaya Thomas on Friday, who, you know, that guy's absolute freak. Um, I know Murin's gotten the better of him the last couple times, but that's that's just going to be a banger of a matchup and what should be a banger of a duel. Right. So going to be really fun. Um, really enjoyed the conversation with Max, really enjoyed the conversation with Tom. We will go to them now, start with Tom and then hit Max. And then I will catch you guys on the other side. Mirren seems to be really kind of light things up here ever since the Iowa State duel. Um, what have you seen out of him and his bonus point production this season? I think when he keeps it fast and there's pizzazz in his wrestling, I think he's pretty good. Um, you know, there's things that have gone on with this team that um, – you know, we've had to wade through some stuff, and he's had to wade through some stuff. Um, you know, and if there was propaganda, if this program was about propaganda, you would advertise it. Um, because that wasn't him out there in that loss he had. Um, all that being said, he's a warrior first and foremost. He's always game. He brings a big stick, and it really doesn't matter how he feels. So for me to say what I just said to him, it doesn't matter. But when you're not, you know, up to top, top tip, top, feeling good, you know, and he doesn't complain. I mean, not not once, not once. Very similar to Brandon Sorensen. No maintenance, no drama. Just go out and do your job. Is there a part of his wrestling that he's kind of involved with, you know, uh, I think a lot of people, were, you know, have seen him be physical. The joke was leading with his face a lot. You know, he'd be bruised and cut up. But it seems like he's maybe uh, uh, kind of varied a little bit more in his attacks. 
Uh, I think that, you know, he brings the wood and he's pretty diverse as well. So he can be physical and um, I think he definitely, I mean, he comes from Strip Matter Club and they certainly have high wrestling IQ. So, yeah. Uh, Friday's duel is the 300th, I think, wrestling duel at Carver. Um, like when you hear that number, what kind of runs through your mind? Um, I mean, tradition, history, the present, and the future, most importantly. We got to keep a good thing going. Um, we have a fan base that's showed up not one year, season ticket sellout, two years in a row season ticket sellout and you know last year that buzz with that team um, carried the sales and then this year you know we had a lot of new guys to replace and so our fans have showed up but we got to do our job too so that's what goes through my mind it's your earliest memory of Carver because it opened I think before you got to campus right as a student athlete 83 I believe my earliest memory of Carver is Iowa Public Television, um, and then knowing the history. And, you know, Tim Riley had the first win in here in a dual meet against the University of Oklahoma in 1983. And when you hear Gable and, and even Riley and, you know, some of the now old timers talk about it, there was still dust on the floor and as the duel went on and guys were getting slammed on the mat, the dust started to rise and it was a dusty kind of like there was fog in the air because the construction had just got done and actually they were late in their construction if, um, if my facts are correct where I believe it was supposed to be a men's basketball game that was supposed to be the first event but they weren't ready to open and so it was deferred to University of Iowa and the University of Oklahoma dual meet. So Tim Riley gets the honors, and he had a he had a win, and it might have been lopsided. It seems kind of fitting that first event that's held in that building is, is wrestling, and now it's you know one of the premier the mecca of wrestling. Well, it's a house that Gable built, and, and um, it's no secret that. Roy Carver Sr. was a huge Gable fan. And you know the history there. So yeah, I agree. We got a dual meet with Northwestern. We got to be ready. We'll see what our lineup looks like. Um, we may have some fill-ins. And the funny thing is with some of these fill-ins is, is, you know, you're, you're not wanting to ruin certification. So... You know, we got guys sometimes, you know, weighing in at a, you know, one weight, wrestling up a weight. And that's just, that's just the way the rules are. So those weigh-in certification rules, you know, they're strict. So we got we to gotta do it right. So that's what we're looking forward to. Appreciate it. Thanks. You ever thought about making him your walkout song? Uh, I, I was going to change my walkout song. I actually changed for one match during the Minnesota last year, but... I didn't mess very good, and I go, oh, I'm just taking an ice ice baby. Here I didn't even notice. What'd you change yeah. it to? Here comes the hot stepper. Uh, <laughs> you know, I never listen to that guy. <laughs> he was leading the wrong direction. I feel like every other aspect, he's led you in the right way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty good guy. I'll give it to him. Well, you know, Max, for you, you've really uh, um, kind of hit another gear here um, recently. What's been key or what's been working for you here in the last maybe five, six, seven matches where you've really, you know, scored a lot of points? Yeah, I mean, old dog, new tricks, I guess, huh? <laughs> uh, I guess just, I don't know, just scoring points, like you said, uh, you know, keeping my pace high. I have a really high pace, so not trying to hold on to anything. I feel like I, in the past, I was trying to, you know, hold, like, I, I didn't want to get scored again, so I, I didn't want to, like, have my action high, you know, or, you know, I didn't want to be vulnerable to getting points scored against me, where now it's just, you know, I, I have a super high pace. I can score a lot of points. Even if I do get taken down, it's not a big deal. I can go out and score a lot of takedowns, a lot of back points, and uh, just score a lot of points in general. 
you know, obviously a lot of people have seen you be physical, stingy um, on the mat, but it just seems like you've really opened up things. Is there anything in your wrestling that you've kind of evolved on, you know, over the last year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think just, I mean, I have the best coaches in the country and in the world, and they just, they helped me. Uh, I think the biggest thing was coming back after last season. Uh, I didn't, I didn't like how my season ended. So I was just like, you know what, you know, screw it. I'm just gonna throw it all aside. I'm just gonna get better at wrestling. I'm gonna score as many points as I can. So that was the biggest thing, just being able to score as many points as I can, keep my pace super high. Uh, I something I had to talk with Terry about that I really loved, he goes, no way should someone beat you with one takedown. So, you know, if someone, if I, someone does, I do slip on a banana, banana pill and I give up a takedown, it's not a big deal. I'm gonna score four, five, six, seven takedowns. So no one can beat me with one takedown and my pace is way too high. When did that lesson kind of come? When did Sh Terry share that lesson? Yeah, I think just coming back, I mean, I obviously didn't achieve my goals last year and I had some hard talks and uh, I had to make, I had to dig deep and fit, fi like figure out stuff about myself and about wrestling. And that was just one of the things where uh, I lost in the blood round and gave up one takedown. I was just going, no one should beat me by me giving up one takedown. You know, I should be getting, like I said, multiple takedowns. Where if I do slip on a banana pill, like the coaches always say, it's not a big deal. When did that switch flip? Was it like after that conversation with Terry, or when did you start to feel like, yeah, like I can, I can maintain this high pace? Yeah, for sure. I think just uh, like, like I said earlier, just after season, just coming back, and I was just like, you know what, you know, I, I tried holding on and keeping it close, and it didn't go my way. So I'm just gonna go out there and score as many points as I can. And if I do only score one takedown, I'm gonna find a way to win. So just definitely just, uh, I think just like not achieving my goals and then having coaches with the, I mean, talks with the, talks with the coaches and just figuring out, you know, this is how I'm gonna wrestle the best of my ability. So it's, uh, I'm just gonna go out there and score as many points as I can, keep my pace super high. How much did coming up short again last year impact the decision to come back? It sounded like it played a big, pretty big role. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it definitely, it wasn't easy. Uh, I definitely, you know, it's it's not fun like falling short you go again and again and again but you know it's made me a better person but it made me a better man and i love the sport of wrestling that's what it came down to where uh you know any chance i get to compete in the iowa scene i'm gonna take it so i mean they give me five more years i'm gonna take them because i love competing and i love doing going out there in cobra hockey arena and uh just going out there putting it on the line and competing every day feel it are you aware of you know kind of the the results um, as far as like, you know, you have seven bonus point victories. Do you kind of take inventory of that or is it just something that you're more concerned about the performance themselves and not necessarily whether it's a major tech pin, whatever? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I definitely don't look back and uh, look like overanalyze it. I definitely just, you know, do my job score as many points as I can, try to get the pin and then move on, move forward. and. You know, man, uh, I'd say my initials are M3, so uh, that's my initials. And then also one of my biggest things is man up, make adjustments, move forward. So that's what I like to do every single, every single match, every single day. Just keep getting better every single day. Keep moving forward, keep making adjustments, keep moving on. So not really looking back at the past results and uh, or like how many tech falls or majors or anything like that. You know, one of the concerns after Illinois for the whole team was things were slowed down, uh, the other team maybe dictated the pace. How do you think the guys kind of corrected that Sunday against Purdue being, you know, more in control of tempo? Yeah, I mean, we have some really, really good guys on the team. I mean, oh, my teammates are awesome. They're, they can score a lot of points. They're really good wrestlers. They work really hard. So I think anytime they don't put a lot of points on the scoreboard, I think they they take it hard just like I do. And I think we did make a really good adjustment from Friday night to Sunday night, just in two days, just scoring a lot of points and lighting up the scoreboard, and just leaving it all out, out leaving it all out on the rest of that. Last thing for me, uh, how are the plans for the European trip after graduation? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Warren and I, we have this this trip planned out. I don't know, we're not gonna have anything planned about it, but you know, I'm I'm ready for whatever. So I never really been out of the country besides like Mexico, so. We'll see. Uh, my dad just started working at the airport, so I get free flights. So that's gonna be pretty nice. So I'm excited. I mean, if we actually do it, I think it's gonna be a good time. But the thing is, I don't know if I actually gonna do it. But. <laughs>
Um, sun, or, I keep saying Sunday, Friday's duel. Um, it's the 300th wrestling duel meet at Carver. Um, <clears throat> kind of cool. Yeah. I feel like you're probably of the age that Carver's kind of always been this wrestling mecca for as long as you probably remember. When, when did you first realize that Carver was, you know, kind of this big wrestling venue? Yeah, so I actually, uh, when I was in eighth grade, uh, Jody Strutmatter, the coach at Young Guns, brought, uh, brought me out in a van. Spencer was on the trip, Caleb Young was on the trip. <clears throat> Even guys like Jason Nolf was on the trip. So there's a lot of really good wrestlers who came on that trip. And uh, I watched Tony Ramos pin, I think it was actually another Young Guns guy, Jimmy Golubon, and the place exploded. And it was like, literally, like, I felt like it was like shaking. I go, holy crap, this is the coolest wrestling environment I've ever seen in my life. So I think that was when I was like, wow, this is different. This is like no other place I've ever seen. So that's when I really seen it. But and then ever since then, I was like, Carver's awesome, Carver's awesome, like it's awesome. And I think uh, I came back, the, I made sure I came back the next year for Penn State and Ramos pinned, I think, Conaway the next year then. Yeah. So it was just like, like, one, like one after another, and the place exploded again. I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. So that was the first time I really got the Carver Hawkeye Arena experience. Yeah, well, and since you've been part of the program, what have you kind of learned just about the history of the place? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of history. I mean, a lot of amazing matches. Uh, I mean, guys like Royce Alger, Tom and Terry. I mean, there's just these crazy matches. <clears throat> I used to watch Terry versus Jeff Prescott all the time growing up in Carmen. The place was going crazy, and I was, you know, I really I really wanted to wrestle there, and then I, when I did wrestle there, it didn't disappoint, and it's been awesome, and the fans are awesome, and the environment is awesome. So I don't have very many... Uh, matches left here so you know, I'm gonna take advantage of all of them and you know get, get the whole full experience awesome stuff there from Max and Tom um, again Iowa Northwestern Friday night 8 p.m. Central ESPNU if you can't get to Carver um, but I'll be there so it'll be a good time um, I will not be in Utah, which is where both Northern Iowa and Iowa State are going this weekend. Um, Northern Iowa is going to wrestle Utah Valley, Big 12 duel. Utah Valley is a Big 12 affiliate. You and I is going to wrestle Utah Valley on Friday, um, 7 p.m. Central start time. And then Iowa State is going to wrestle Utah Valley on Saturday at a 9 p.m. Central start time, because why not? Um, believe there's a YouTube link that Utah Valley utilizes that you'll be able to watch those if you guys want to. I will be tweeting them out both nights um, for those who would like to follow along, because I know that I'm going to be paying attention to how that's going. I don't know that there, there's a handful of matches that I'm super intrigued by. Otherwise, fully expecting Iowa State, Northern Iowa to just go out there and take care of business. Um handful of random thoughts ahead of these duels. First off, um, why are Northern Iowa and, Utah and, and Iowa State going to Utah? Um, it seems really weird to me that just on the schedule, it's a one-off for both schools. Um, and I totally understand why, um, you know, they're both going out there the same weekend because when other Big 12 programs come to Russell, Iowa State, and you and I, more often than not, not every time, but more often than not, they come through and they wrestle them both in the same weekend. Like later this month, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are both coming through the state of Iowa. Um, they're going to wrestle Northern Iowa and Iowa State in the same weekend. Like, I'm pretty sure that Friday, if I have the schedule in front of me, which I do, that Friday, um, Oklahoma's going to wrestle Iowa State. Then that Saturday, Oklahoma State's going to wrestle Northern Iowa. And then on Sunday, Oklahoma State's going to wrestle Iowa State. And um, Oklahoma's going to wrestle Northern Iowa. So, yeah, um, you know, I, last year, Iowa State and Northern Iowa both went to the state of Oklahoma and did the exact same thing. Um you know, like it just, it makes sense. And so, you know, how do they do it? Why I, you know, I, it, the, the difference between the big 10 and the big 12 conferences. Right. Um, and Doug touched on this a little bit this week. He had his normal, uh, media availability, which we'll get to here in just a moment. Um, but Doug touched on this a little bit. The big 10 conference does the scheduling for the programs. And so they basically block off about eight weeks and say, look, like this is what your schedule is going to look like. If you want to schedule non-conference dual meets or tournaments or whatever the case may be, avoid, try your best to avoid this like eight week window. Right. Um, and we still see, you know, every now and again, we'll see, you know, like Illinois is going to wrestle Iowa state later this year. Um, Iowa's going to wrestle Oklahoma state. They always do in late February. 
Um, but by and large, you know, the, the November, December schedule of like Iowa schedule, for example, like that's the quote unquote non-conference schedule, right? Like we saw Iowa state and Wisconsin open the season down in Jacksonville, right? Like that's, that's the quote unquote non-conference portion of the season because the big 10 takes care of the scheduling that kind of frees up the other big 10 programs to schedule the rest of their year, how they see fit big 12. I'm not sure that it operates the exact same way. Um, you know, and again, you'll hear Doug talk about this, but they basically say, look, you're, you, they tell the teams you're going to wrestle ABC teams at home and XYZ teams on the road, figure it out. Um, you know, because I, I guess, I don't know, like I, I find it a little bothersome for the teams that have to fly out to Utah for a single duel. Um, you know, like hit Air Force or Northern Colorado on your way out or on your way back. That way, like, you're making a little bit of a trip out of it. You're not just flying out there for a single duel. I don't know. Like, trying to, you know, check multiple boxes off the list. Like, I, you know, make a full weekend out of it. Go Russell Utah Valley on a Friday and Oregon State on a Sunday. You know, that's a non-conference thing, so I don't know how that would always work. Um, you know, because this just this one-off to go out to Orem, Utah, and nothing against Orem, Utah, or Utah Valley, but it just seems a little inconvenient on the schedule. Um, you know, and and then I, I say that now, Northern Iowa and Iowa State both basically have the week off next week, um, at least from competition. So you know, and then they come back to you know, I think it's a stretch of like seven duels in twenty days or something like that for both teams. So you know, maybe, okay. So maybe this was the one time in the calendar that made sense. I don't know. It just seems a little weird. It was something that popped into my head. So I figured, Hey, like, let's, let's throw this on the podcast. The other thing that popped into my head, um, and this kind of gets to the actual duels themselves. Um, Northern Iowa and Iowa State both heavily favored over Utah Valley, but there's a handful of interesting matches potentially, right? We never know who's gonna and who's not going to wrestle, but 174, I think is maybe the most intriguing matchup because Utah Valley's got Demetrius Romero. He's an all American guy that uh, has been around for such a long time. And I had to look this up because I was just generally intrigued. And what I found is absolutely hilarious. So Demetrius Romero is an eighth year senior for Utah Valley. He started his college career at Boise state. Remember when they had a program RIP in 2015-2016, he could potentially wrestle Julian Broderson and Lance Runyon or Carson Babcock this weekend. Um, when he started his college career in 15-16, Julian Broderson and Lance Runyon were both freshmen in high school, and Carson Babcock was in middle school, and they could all wrestle each other this weekend. And I find that to just be hilarious. Um, you know, the COVID year and medical red shirts and a lot of funky math that just kind of played into how some of these guys' careers have been extended or shortened or whatever the case may be. And, you know, we've got a guy who's literally on his eighth year. Like, he's, if you guys go to Russellstat, he's literally had four senior seasons because he redshirted in 15-16, redshirt freshman in 16-17, then Boise State cuts the program. So he goes to Utah Valley for 17-18, um, junior year in 18-19, and then he takes a medical red shirt in the 1920 season, but then COVID cancels the NCAA championship, so things get weird. 2021, he comes back and is an All-American, but that's a freebie year. Um, so he has one more year left after that. Somehow, and I haven't read up on the details, I'm just looking at Russell Stats, um, you know, his summary right now, has another medical red shirt last year. So now he's back this year, 174. He's 8-1. Um you know, by, I mean, still a very solid wrestler, right? Like he was an NCAA All-American. So this is going to be a tough test for whoever Iowa State, Northern Iowa throw out there. Julia Broderson probably going to be the guy. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I think MJ Gaetan is going to make the trip. I think he's got one date left that he can use in order to maintain his red shirt. So we'll see what um, Iowa State coach Kevin Dresser decides there. For Northern Iowa, both Lance Runyon and Carson Babcock are listed on the probable. So we'll see who ultimately gets that match. Um you know, if Lance goes out and wrestles, very, very intriguing match because this could be a pretty big one for both Big 12 and NCAA seating. Um, Babcock goes out there, thought he wrestled really well against um, Wyoming. Um, he had Hayden Hastings last Thursday in UNI's home opener at the McLeod Center, um, then struggled quite a bit against Mizzou, ultimately lost by fall. Um, so, yeah, just intriguing matchup for a couple of different reasons and also just hilarious that there's an eighth-year senior who, you know, started his college career eight years ago. And has, you know, I mean, he's literally been in college for almost a decade. Um, I just found that to be 
a little interesting. Anyway, we've got interview sound with, uh, we're going to start with Northern Iowa coach Doug Schwab. Um, again, the Panthers wrestle Utah Valley on Friday. Um, believe they are, as of this recording, already either on their way to Utah or have already gotten to Utah. Um, so we'll go to Doug first. Um, he's got what did he talk about? Talked about for uh, for ten minutes. Um, discussed, you know, you and I's home opener a little bit. Talked about the the loss to Missouri um, and just kind of you know how they're moving forward from that. And um, you know, just really enjoyed listening to him. Uh, you know, discuss. You know, the, I, they're they're about to. I know they're about to take a week off here after they wrestle Utah Valley. But the you know the January February part of the college wrestling season is very much a grind. And so Doug touches on that a little bit and and the importance of taking advantage of this time in the grind um, so that his guys can be adequately ready for March. So really enjoyed listening to Doug. think you guys will too. We'll go to that now and I'll catch you on the other side. We'll wrap up with Iowa state. I look cool with these guys. The expensive has earmuffs. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, you know, I mean, you move on pretty quick from, from wins, you get to the next meet. Uh, you know, Missouri, they're a really good team. You just give them a lot of credit, and you have to be able to win, I guess, not 100%. So I mean, that is maybe you don't – maybe maybe you're missing some guys in the lineup. Maybe your team's banged up a little bit. you still got to find ways to win. Um, and you know what? They were able to do that the other day. And I think we had maybe six takedowns overall. That's hard to win. Hard to win that way. I mean, lost six matches, and I don't think we had to take down any of them. So that that's – Give some credit to them, but also us. We got to be able to open guys up, um, and you know. So I'm really, really thinking about that meet, um, being consistent at a really high level. But you know, I think we were a little flat overall. And so as a coach, you try to kind of figure those things out. Why are we flat? Because when it's one guy, it's oh, okay, one guy. But I felt the whole team was a little bit. So um, you know, you got to go back and you look at our schedule a little bit and some of our training, and you try to figure out. So obviously that didn't happen again uh, because I don't think that was. Uh, I don't think that was a great performance yesterday. And to beat good teams, you have to perform great. Um, you know, even with that, I'll say that, <laughs> you know, you're one position, you know, you're one position in two matches um, from winning the meet to, you know, 49 heavyweight. They're in, they're in, they're in on legs to, to win matches. And those guys, those guys found ways to win those positions, you know, so I'll give those guys credit. They're good competitors. Um, but, you know, even, even though didn't feel like we competed great as a team, I'm encouraged that, you know, we don't compete that great as a team and we're still, you know, you're still you're still two positions away from winning a meet against a, a top 10 team. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I'm spinning a little bit. Um, but, you know, overall I just didn't think we looked great yesterday. And, you know, you go back to Thursday, um, guys wrestled well. I think we gave up two takedowns. <laughs> you know, you give up two takedowns in a meet, that other team's going to hell all the time being able to win a meet. Yeah, they talked about Derek's win and, um, great for him to beat a top 10 guy um, you know I think we scored you know we scored bonus points at a couple weights and you know yesterday we didn't score any bonus points at, at any weights and you know the few guys were they had a few guys that were out and you know to me that's where you have to get guys to step up to get bonus points in those situations um, you know they got bonus points on us I think in three weights and, and it makes it really hard to win in a dual meet so um, no I don't know I'm just really trying to think about the week a little bit and why as a group we were flat and you try to figure those things out so go back and I probably won't have another Thursday Sunday meet um you know just how our schedule worked out that's what we had to do um but you know a lot of stuff's just excuses and I can't buy into that shit either so um that's about all I got Uh, I mean, there we're we're getting a lot out of our training, you know. Just you, you gotta you gotta factor in some things, um, and you know, you you you're always looking ahead. You're always adjusting, and as as guys respond to it, these guys have they've trained at a really high level. I've been very happy with, you know. I always think you say this thing to the level of your training, like the baseline of our training has been very high. So the guys have done a good job. So I think that's why you even saw though maybe we didn't feel great or it wasn't a great performance, we still 
competed pretty damn well. Um, so those things go hand in hand. But just it's just okay. Do we have to have another re- you know another rest day? Do we like with those two days? I was kind of trying to figure out how to do it because we usually don't have two days in between a, a, a duel. You know, it's usually maybe one day. Um, so you know, do you give them a little bit more time off? And then you know, sums on them is they have to manage their weight too. You know, they have to manage those things and manage those things um, really well. So I mean, we'll always make adjustments. I mean, even this week, you know, today's like. You know, you come back, you get home late. Well, go enjoy your day. It's a beautiful January day. Sun's shining. Um, January's my favorite month of the year. It's a beautiful month. It's a beautiful day. Go enjoy the day, and we'll get back to work tomorrow. But that, that really, they can't ever get away from it, though. You, you know? I mean, from, from taking care of themselves, taking care of their body. For me now, today, today's a, a day to rest and recuperate and to get you ready to be able to train again so i don't know if i'm answering the question very to what you're asking but yeah i mean we adjust and you adjust to your guys too i mean we have you know we do have some veterans we have some guys that have trained a lot and have been around a lot so you trust them guys those guys because you've seen it and you've seen them be able to do it so we trust those guys maybe a little bit more than some of the younger guys you know until they really show that they can handle those things but um I don't know. I, I think you're always evaluating as a coach. If you're not, I don't think you're doing your job very well. When you're wrestling conference duels, yep. how much flexibility uh, does the league give you to uh, skip, set, kind of set your own schedule? Yeah, um, well, they give us they give us a lot of flexibility. I wish they'd give us a lot less. <laughs> because, you know, it, dealing with coaches, people want things on certain weekends, and, you know, they want things together. I, I, I would be fine with them. I mean, they – I know I know who we have at home and away next year. I would love for them to say, "Hey, this weekend you guys are going here," and then we figure out the days in the weekend. You know, I'd, I'd like to have that happen. Then you know, it just some of it's a hassle. But um, you know, there was a, there was a basketball game on Friday, so you know we would have went on Friday. Um, we don't have access to you know and anywhere else on campus right now, so we went on Thursday night and. You know, we make the we make the best of it. it like I said, you, you got to make you got to make the best of whatever situation. But um, I don't know. I'm. I thought we wrestled fairly well on Thursday. Just we didn't wrestle great on Sunday, and we need to wrestle great on Sunday. From the sounds of it, uh, when we talked to you last, weight management seemed to be a little bit of an issue. Yeah. Team. Is it safe to say that there's still a little bit of that going on? Um, I think those guys they're doing a great job. It's just one hour weigh-ins, um, multi times and. Week, you know, we were down at we were down in New Orleans, and you were back to back days. Back to back days, I think, is a little bit different than have a couple of days in between. Um, I think it's always going to be a piece of it. You try to make sure that that is never the factor <laughs> that dictates or decides a match. You know, so we're trying to get our guys to live in that way. Um, but you know, you <laughs> you know, think about where you know we stopped last night, and you're changing drivers, and you know, you go into the grocery store, and you're like, you know, you go in the gas station, and I'm, you know, you're watching guys, and I don't micromanage guys, but you're like. Huh. Uh, I, don't, I, mean, yeah. I know you need a treat, but I don't know. <laughs> so those guys all have choices to make. You know, like wrestling is a sport you have to take with you all the time. Um, but I think our guys have done a good job. The young guys are the ones that, you know, and the guys that haven't been maybe steadily competing. Those are the guys that have struggled because they've just, they've let this happen. But I think I think now that we're going to be going every week, and um, guys will do a much better job of it. What does 100 wins mean either to you or to the program as a whole? Given that obviously it's a village and a lot of success to get to a milestone like that. Yeah, I mean you're well, you hit on the head. It's to me, it's about the athletes, about the coaches, about the work that's been put into that, the work that's behind us. That's what I'm proud of. Um, and not about me, man. <laughs> I can tell you this: I sure now hope the next hundred come a lot quicker. Um, but you know, you, you get asked those things, and you know, to me, I. They said, "I go back to our guys, man, and and they they've done the work for it, and they've, you know, I talk about blood, sweat, and tears. We talk about listen, believe, apply. That's kind of the things we talk about. Listen, believe, apply, and they've applied over and over and over and over and over again, you know. And I think about a few meets that you've had some guys step up because you had some guys message me. And I'm like, man, you remember this meet? Remember that Oklahoma meet when you know you iced the meet for us, or you know, you remember? Uh, there's a few that I remember. I mean, Jared Jensen, a walk-off pin that doesn't happen a lot in wrestling meets." Lefty, uh, lefty carry against Old Dominion on Muriel. Um, you know, beating Oklahoma State down there last year. You know, there's there's some there's some incredible memories, but more to me is the work that's put behind that and the guys that stepped up in those situations. And you know, I was going down to Missouri, 
and I'll never forget a meet that uh, you know Jared Bartel's a guy that he was done wrestling. We needed him to step up in a in a in a match at heavyweight, and we started heavyweight. They draw heavyweight. He wins the first match. Then Schwarm comes out and steps up and wins another match, and you know we beat Missouri down there pretty handily. Those are the things that I think about because, um, you know, those are just memories that you have that uh, that make it fun. But I don't know. I, I'm not much into personal recognition. Um, I'm more about the team, more about the group, more about my coaches, man. So appreciate all the coaches that have put so much time and effort into making that happen. All the guys. So, yeah. You've got some familiarity with Utah Valley. Yeah. Um, just depends on who's in their lineup. I mean, sometimes they, you know they have some guys in and out. Seventy four's been an, an All American. Romero, um, we saw him at Vegas. He wrestled a few matches, and then um, you know I don't thirty three. I don't know. They they they've had a good guy there. Ninety seven placed out in Las Vegas. Uh, you know they're going to be a scrappy team. They are. Um, for us, consistency and performing incredibly, incredibly well, incredibly high. Um, you know, short turnaround, whatever it is, you know, traveling out to places, none of that stuff matters. Like, it, it's about it's about performing, performing well. And I, like I said before, I think our training, our training, our training's here. So our performance, there's no, there's there's not a whole lot of variance in your performance. That's what we're working on being able to do. Um, and if they think guys are going to step over, or like fall over. So Missouri yesterday, they had they had three guys that maybe typically weren't in their lineup that stepped in and they competed their asses off, and they went out there to win matches. And we had a couple guys too, like. I don't care if you're not the you're not the guy. You're the guy when you step out there. We expect you to win. Like Farber going up the, from 33 to 41, like you can win this match. I really believe it. Believe that you can win that match. I believe, and here's the way to do it. And I know they talk to their guys the same, but um, I don't know. We got to we got to go ready to squash them and score points. And you know we got to have a hell of a lot more than six takedowns in a meet <laughs> to be able to do that. So um, I don't know. We'll take today. We'll rest and recover and get a couple days of training. We fly out there. It's a Fly out there Thursday, wrestle Friday, come back Saturday, and yeah. I don't. Know, I, I enjoy traveling with the team. Sometimes that's really fun. You know, you know the you see some bonds really get formed during that time. So I enjoy, I enjoy the travel. Awesome stuff there from Doug. Um, just real quick transition before we get to the Iowa State interviews. Got head coach Kevin Dresser as well as Casey Swiderski coming up here to round out today's show. Talked to Dresser this week just about the Utah Valley dual meet. Um, you know, kind of the the process. To I asked him about you know just he was frustrated after Sunday's win against Arizona State. Um, just mostly because of the way the duel ended. Iowa State won the first five, Arizona State won the next five, so that's just naturally going to leave a sour taste. But asked him about, you know, what's the follow-up procedure when it comes to, you know, trying to coach guys through frustrating losses like that. So was able to dig in a little bit to that. Also talked a little bit about, obviously we talked about Casey Swiderski and just the injury he's dealing with and and how that maybe impacts the way Dresser approaches coaching him and, um you know, what that what that means just stylistically, how how is Casey adjusting to this, that, and the next. And then we also got to talk to Casey himself, just, you know, what the process has been like. And, you know, man, that kid is still upbeat and confident and as excited as ever, um, which is really, I think when it comes to injuries at the collegiate level, that is a huge part of the battle. Um, he seems to be taking that in stride, um, which leads me to believe that the results will come so long as he continues to get more reps, um, you know, with with the new state of his health, right? Like that's just, that's, that's really kind of the big thing here. He's got to keep, keep going out there and keep wrestling. And, um, you know, so long as he doesn't continue to injure it any further, fingers crossed that he does not do that. Um, believe he's going to figure a lot of things out between now and March and, and we'll see ultimately where that, what, what that means. And, um, you know, how that might impact, uh, you know, Iowa State's standing when it comes to team race stuff. So we'll cross that bridge when we get there for now. Um, we'll go coach athlete again, start with Kevin Dresser, and then we'll end with Casey Swiderski. And I will catch you guys on the other side to round out today's show. All right. My opening thoughts are that we get to go to beautiful Salt Lake City here on Friday morning and wrestle well, kind of late, I think nine o'clock Iowa time, Saturday night, and come back and then we're off until Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So we know what we got in front of us. Um, a lot of good things this past weekend, but you know, ever moving forward, uh, that's where we're at right now. So I'll let you all ask. 
Um, some of the little things that, um, you know, maybe cost Casey and Pinero and even Sam to an extent their matches. Um, when you guys go back to the room to work on that stuff, what do you do or what's the protocol there for trying to coach those little things out of them? First and foremost, probably just watching the video, as painful as that is, it's always hard for wrestlers to watch themselves lose. Um, so um, some guys stomach that better than others. Um, but just seeing, especially at you know 141 and 149, we just, we really beat ourselves. I think we all wrestled them. I think we got more takedowns in those matches. Um, uh, except for the overtime, and we lost both over overtimes. Uh, we just beat ourselves and made freshman mistakes. Um, Sam was a more of a technical thing. Uh, we just got to that leg, and that's a big old leg, and we couldn't we couldn't get to the corner and finish that. You know, so uh, we we know what adjustments we need to make. Um, I think he knows now what he needed to do to finish that. So let's just hope we get a chance to do that again. But that's you know to answer your question in those three instances, um, video first, and then get in a room and start feeling it and. Uh, you know, just yeah, probably have better mat IQ in, in, in those for, in those uh, 141, 149 places. Casey, just how close? I mean, <clears throat> you wrestle all season. You, you're not going to be 100 percent at certain points. But how close can he get? And how close is he now? Well, you said it. Um, th you know, it, it, there's no such thing as a perfect world in college wrestling. Um, and it's a grind and it's tough and sometimes you're going to be banged up and you're not going to feel great and as you get older you kind of uh, figure that out and then you know as a coach you got to figure out well where are we in, in the pain discomfort spectrum and sometimes that's hard to read because personalities are different Casey's kind of quiet he doesn't uh, he's not a complainer um, so you really don't know where he's at but um, you know he appears to be communicating and you know we'll scrap again today and he, he seems to be getting better I think with Casey a little bit of that was just not being on the mat for a month yeah. you know he didn't wrestle since Iowa so that one hour weigh-in process and just getting back into the groove um and the in the Arizona State kid had just come off you know match on Wednesday and just getting in the lineup every weekend just makes your weight kind of stabilize it gets your cardio because you can wrestle in there all day long but then when you throw them across the street it's just a different feeling. And so I think that probably hurt us as much as anything, as well as just making some dumb mistakes. Guy like Casey, this is probably like the first major injury of his career. I think he came in, to be quite honest, uh, now that we're getting to talk a little bit, you know, communicating with his dad and his family a little bit, that I think he might have had a little bit of some shoulder stuff going on. Um, so we'll have to sit down and look at that as we go uh, later in the season and we get to the end of the season. You know, we might have to have a small surgery. We don't know, but right now um, he's the boss in terms of, hey, what's your body feel like? Are you ready to go? So we'll have that conversation tonight again. He's like, are you ready to go this weekend? And um, see what he says. But it really kind of almost is, in some cases, a practice by practice thing. And practice is a litmus test. Like you got to be able to grind through that practice. If you can't do that, I'm not going to put you out there. Yeah. Well, knowing that, you know, he's so used to going all the time um when he has an issue like this a hurdle like this like how does that you know mentally how do you approach that because he's you know probably there's some things he may not be able to do now because of it right i'm curious to see how much he has to uh, you know kind of change his style a little bit i think he probably has a little bit i mean um i mean i you probably could name 50 percent of the division one wrestlers out there right now that stay out of certain positions because their knees a little sore in one position their shoulders a little sore so I don't think he's any different there. To what degree of sore it is, we don't know. But again, it's January, and you know you weigh in for the NCAA tournament in March, and there's a lot of wounded soldiers. We've talked a lot about his level of confidence and Panero's. I know you love to see that, and especially in a freshman. But at the same time, can that make it difficult to work them through an injury because of how much they gave the confidence, but also how much the want to is there going with it? I'm just a firm believer in you learn a lot more from losing than winning. If you approach it right, you come back to practice the right way. And I think they did. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm just such a practice guy that, uh, you know, what's their mojo when they come into practice? What's their body language? I watch all that stuff when they come in the door. Um, is their head down? Are they, uh, are they excited to be there? Um, are they ready to get better? Or, or do they look like they're hurt? Or do they look like they're beat? Um, and right now I've seen good, but, but I have seen, you know, I've got other guys in my squad right now that, you know, probably the reason they're not the guys because they can't figure that part out when there's a little bit of adversity. They come in and feel sorry for themselves a little bit. You know, you gotta, you gotta become, you gotta be ready to go because that's where you get famous. 
How are you feeling about 133 and who's gonna earn that spot? Our plan this weekend is to take both Zach and uh, Ramazan, so we'll see. Um, we'll scrap today and we're gonna do a little scrapping tomorrow and we'll see what that looks like and just kind of make a, a game time decision. Zach seems to be really healthy right now and is excited. He's done a really good job with his weight the last month. So we got some things to sort out there, but again, like I mentioned last week, that's probably good problems because, you know, I feel like we got two top 20 guys and on the right weekend, I think we got two guys that can get in the podium. Same thing with 157. Is uh, Kreiser the guy or are you still kind of up in the air? Yeah, right now I think Jason's kind of made himself a guy, you know, and, um, um, you know, I like the way he, he, he came back and rallied on, uh, he was right in there on Saturday and he came back and, did a really good job for us Sunday in a big meet. So um, he's been, we put him in a lot of big situations this year and, and he's competed well. You know, technically we got to get a lot better there and got, got to be able to go get a takedown. He's really good if you get his leg and scramble around, but we got to be able to go get one. You know, David was really fired up and Julian followed up his win wrestling the way he did. How has he improved the most, uh, Julian that is? Julian has had a great weekend and you know, I've seen steady progress out of him uh, you know, he put a lot of time in last year. You know, when you know the year before he's a starter, and then last year he's not the starter. Um, you got two ways to go. You can feel sorry for yourself and figure out reasons to check out, or you can amp it up. And he amped it up. He chose to go to Vegas and train, go through a whole freestyle spring training. He chose to go to the. He qualified for the, the team trials, which he was probably way overmanned, but he still trained through that whole process and went to that. And then we sent some guys to Colorado Springs in august for a week and he didn't need to do any of that and you know so i believe that you invest you invest and every now and then you get paid out and i think he's getting paid out a little bit right now and so we need to continue to do that and i know he's looking forward to the challenges we got you know ahead of him is it just a matter of wanting to get back in the starting lineup or what do you think spurred him to take advantage of all that you know i think it's the competitor in him i hope it's the competitor in him um you know he's got a lot of pride and he likes to be the guy and you know everybody likes to get over there and and uh, get in front of what, 6,000 people that were there Sunday. Everybody likes to get in front of that. What are you hoping to learn from him this weekend as he has a top 10 guy opponent? Just to see how he competes, you know, and, and I don't think the Julian of before that maybe took a back seat to a top four or five guy like we're gonna see this weekend. Um, uh, I, I think that guy's gone. You know, he's gonna get plot from Oklahoma State later in the month. So um, we'll, we'll see, Julian's a, little bit you know I, I i throw my cards on the table julian's a little bit dinged up right now just from from, from some training so we're still trying to figure out exactly what we're doing at 174 we got a couple options but he might be one of them again he's going to be a game time decision and uh, it's a little frustrating right now so i don't have a lot of hair but if i did i'd pull it out <laughs> if i did i'd pull it out because uh, we just can't seem to get out of our own way i mean last week we're we're training and we're running and the guy sprained his ankle and this week we're weightlifting and we strain our back and you know, we're going to get hit by lightning tonight when we go home and then probably an earthquake in the morning and a tsunami Play the lottery, on, on Friday. Yeah, to reverse logic, but that's how it goes sometimes. It goes in streaks. Is Sam Schuyler still feeling 100%? Sam's feeling great, training great. You know, we're really strong in a lot of ways. Younger has had a great week of training, you know, up and down the lineup. Um, like Caleb Feasley did a really good job for us this last weekend. Um, we're going to go with him this weekend and, you know, kind of see. We got some cards to play with MJ Gaetan and Ethan Perryman. We're gonna play those cards. We got a couple, uh, two get out of jail free cards yet with those guys. So we'll use those when, when we see the time is fit. All right, thanks coach. How you feeling physically, man? Um, day to day, man, just continuing to build. Um, got a couple months left and we're, uh, plan is to have a hand raised at the end of the season and uh, just gonna continue to do the things correctly and keep myself safe, make, good decisions you know who I'm wrestling in the room or you know, maybe I gotta change my style a little bit tone it back uh, I'm gonna figure it out and it's gonna be all right so yeah is that is that a weird adjustment after you know I feel like you've been full send all go since you started wrestling yeah I mean it's it's just I think it, might, it could be the best thing for me it could be yeah I'm gonna take things and be optimistic about them um so it, I'm just gonna do what I got to do to continue to build and you know I got a long career ahead of me so I'm not gonna do things that are gonna you know for the now I gotta I gotta think about the future so if keeping keeping things tight and toning it back and being more methodical is what I gotta do right now that's what I'm gonna do so yeah. after the injury happened to 
not wrestle for a while, what did you do to keep your mindset really sharp and to, you know, be like, okay, when I am physically able to get out there, I'm, I'm going to, you know, try to be at my best? You know, it's really hard. It's really hard to be on the machines uh, and maintain your weight. Um, you almost you almost feel like you're in there for nothing because um, you can't you can't scrap yet, and uh, you know um, that's how it's going to be. You know, because that's that's all you can do right now. And uh, maintaining weight's really hard to do when you're not on the mat and you're not having to make weight every weekend. So. Um, stay stay in it is it's not easy but i just gotta stay just gotta stay disciplined and uh you know discipline's gonna take you far more than what motivation's gonna do so motivation's a hoax i don't want to hear motivation stuff <laughs> what a, oh, oh i was gonna say what's been the hardest part about you know having to go through the process of changing your style to adjust to you know this small hurdle you know i got um right when i got into you know, that Iowa duo, I was just really starting to perfect everything, just trying to perfect my weight and everything, and I felt really good out there, you know, and uh, I think I had a mental block going out there, and I ended up costing myself the match. Um, but uh, you got to be able to accept it. you got to be coachable. Um, you know, you got to trust these guys. These guys are the best. You know, my coaching staff here is the best, and uh, they know what they're talking about, and uh, I look what they've done. Um, so I just got to trust them, and... Uh, you know, we got X amount of time left, and we're going to win. And, I, you know, that's what I want to do. And my coaches believe I can do it. I believe I can do it. Um, what's going on right now doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm okay. It's, you know, I'm taking I took a couple losses or setbacks, I guess you can say. But uh, that was on me. You know, those guys, I don't, I don't believe those guys are near what I am. And it's okay. So I'm not worried about it. Do you think there was rust involved at all in the Arizona State match? Uh, maybe. Um, you could say. Um, I don't like to believe in that crap. I'm um, sorry, but, you know, I'm not going to make excuses. Well, just been on the yeah, mat. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I'm not going to make excuses for myself. Um, you know, I was I was told to stay in it and, and, and continue to keep my weight down, and I did my best. And, uh, you know, you just got to gotta continue to build, you know. Maybe that's the best thing for me. You know, that's how I'm going to take it, you know. So I'm taking on the chin, and we're going to improve today, the next day. We're going to have the best day every other day. So it's going to be all right. When Dresser, we're talking to him about just the process of learning from a match like that. He said the first thing is to make you guys sit back and watch the film. Yeah. Um, what you, would you learn from that process? What you learn from watching yeah, it? Yeah, I sat down with uh, Coach Metcalf, and, uh, you know, he was on me about it. And, you know, the guy goes down to his knees right away. I'm, my hands aren't on him. I'm standing there in front of him, you know, and uh, – you gotta, you gotta listen to him. You know, I learned that I gotta get my hands on the guy earlier. You know, um, made a bunch of rookie mistakes in that match, um, letting the guy go at 20 seconds left in the period, letting him get free points. Um, I locked hands, I guess, too. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so it's it's all it's all good. Um, walk off the mat and um, you know talk to coach about it, and then go to the next one. So it's all good. Um, when you go about learning how to wrestle with uh, this injury, I know we keep asking about it. You're probably annoyed by it, but um, the like who like who do you are there specific wrestlers you watch? Like I think of like Corey Clark as an example, as a guy who had an injury like this and and still got what he wanted at the end of that year. Do you do you watch that or do you pick the brand? Like what do you ask the coaches when it comes to like trying to figure out this new style? Not really. Um, I haven't looked at it at all. Maybe I should. Um, but uh, I think. Uh, you know, I'm not going to look at no one else except myself. So, you know, I'm going to – I know I can do it. I know it's just pain and it's going to hurt. But um, you got to, like I said, adjust my style and trust that it's going to be okay that i got to adjust my style, you know, maybe tone it back to, to a little bit. Yeah. And uh, it's all good. So. Yeah. Well, and at the same time, how much does, like, the next match out, the next practice out, like, help you build confidence in knowing what you can do with it? Yeah, I mean, it's – I know I can I can do almost everything with it. It's just how many times I can do it, yeah. you know. So that's why I mean, I just like I said, I got to tone it back maybe a little bit and uh, be more calculated with my attacks. And if I'm going to shoot, I'm going to finish right away. I'm not going to get stuck on there and extend it. You know, if I'm in the tie ups, maybe I'm not smashing dudes with these huge snap downs that are just stressing me, stressing it out. So that's it. You know, less for more. Yeah. You know.
Thanks. That's all we got today, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Be back uh, hopefully early next week. Um, you know, I, I always have plans for these shows and the podcast is kind of the last thing I try to get to each week. And, um, naturally because of where it falls on the pecking order, plans tend to fall through, but going to try and get, uh, hop back on the horse a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of a lighter week collegiate wise next week. So hopefully we can try and plan and, and set some stuff up. Um, because Hey man, January is all the way here. It's January 12th. Um, big 10 and big 12 schedules just literally out there in full force. We also got some fun high school stuff coming up with, um, you know, the postseason quite literally starting at the end of the month. So, um, got a couple more fun competitions, dual meets tournaments that we're going to try and hit. So we'll see if we can get some high school wrestling stuff on the pod later this month. Um, so yeah, not going to commit to any plans, but, um, just wanted to portray to you guys that I am hopeful that we'll continue to do some fun things. So, uh, appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you guys continuing to tune in. Um, of course I'll pump out the future shows on socials and things like that as we get these recorded until then be sure to rate review the show five stars wherever you listen to your podcast subscribe to the des moines register uh, to make sure you guys don't miss any of our wrestling coverage this season guys there's a deal going on right now one dollar for three months of our wrestling coverage that will literally get you through the rest of the wrestling season please go take advantage of that now you can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes thanks again for listening you guys we will talk again soon